buckle up and get ready for the journey as we navigate the ongoing relationship between belief and life, theology and doxology, or as we like to say, theodox. Welcome to the Theodox Podcast. What's up, Theodoxers? Uh, welcome back. Uh, t- tonight, we are having a fun podcast. Myself, Joshua, Gracie, and Ryan, who has quickly become a staple on the show. We're going to hit on some attributes of God. And unfortunately, I feel like anyway, uh, attributes of God are kind of neglected mm-hmm. in the church world. And um, so I just want us to talk about these and talk about how they are life applicable, how they do affect our hearts. And um, mm-hmm. so real quickly, let's just hit, what are some attributes of God? Omnipotence. He is loving. Loving. Omniscient. Infinite. Omnipresent. That's <laughs> a ping pong ball. Ah, your just. Ooh. Uh, sovereign. Merciful. Immutable. Ooh. Beautiful, right. mutable. Oh, we got to throw a Shylin song. Yes. Is that a Shylin oh, song? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. man, I got to do my homework. My Come on, man. One of my favorites. So let's Theodox. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Buckle up. Yes. Buckle up. Let's Theodox. Let's, let's Theodox. <laughs> so, yeah, we're coming back from our couch conversations, and we're going to have this conversation specifically tonight about God's holiness, and we'll work through some of what his holiness is, um, as well as what it means for believers and how it affects our hearts and lives. So in uh, your opinions, do you feel like God's attributes are kind of overlooked or neglected um, within the common church culture in America? I would say some of them, yes. I would say a few of them, like love being one, are really heavily taught. and, And love is just kind of subjected to whatever... I guess, verses we want to pull out as far as being loved. So I feel like that church culture does teach on love a lot and maybe neglects some of the others. So I would say a lot of them, yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm on my defend the church mode today. So I feel like we talk about the attributes of God. I think maybe sometimes we don't like say, hey, this is a sermon series on the attributes of God, or we don't really define it that way. I think, again, we talk about his love, we talk about his sovereignty, we talk about his power, things like this, uh, but we don't often, like, define it as that. Mm -hmm. We don't say, you know, hey, this next sermon series, we're going to be talking all about, uh, you know, again, how define immutable and what that means, or we're not going to talk about how God is uh, was it insuffer- or is it impassable and, yeah. you know, define that and what that means. And so I think, again, we may discuss it and just kind of, if you're, if you're preaching the, from the Bible, you're going to talk about God's attributes, yeah. mm-hmm. but you might not put that name there. You might not put the word there, but we're talking about these things. We might not just define it and really, and so I think that's something cool we get to do is, Hey, these are, we can introduce people to some of these terms, some of these things right. and define them, define them for people. And then, so when they're hearing their pastor preach, I'm like, Oh yeah, I know what that is. And kind of, you know, help them categorize some yeah. of these things. I think the cool thing too, with like God's attributes, there are different categories of his attributes as well. So maybe like, let's just point that out real fast. Um, as far as his communicable attributes and his incommunicable attributes. So what would y'all just quick definition? So that way we know kind of what, what category we're in tonight. Communicable, like as in a, a disease? Yeah, you got to define those words, Gracie. <laughs> you brought them up so yes. you define them. Oh, okay. So that's on me. So communicable in that he, these attributes are his that we share in. 
And then incommunicable are attributes that we don't share in, that are God's alone. So holiness, what would what category would y'all put that in tonight? Do we share in it or do we not share in it? He, he shares holiness with us. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. we're called to become like him. Right. We're called into holiness, right? Be yeah. holy as I am holy. Yeah. So. And not to get too deep in all that, because we'll save that there towards the end with doxology and what that looks like and us getting into holiness um, for ourselves. But first, um, I guess, what are some general ways that our lives are impacted by knowing God's attributes? If we neglect God's attributes, then we're going to have a lower view of God and a more lofty view of self. Mm -hmm. And so I would say um, a practical uh, result of understanding or growing in our view of God is that it's a lower view of ourselves and a higher view of God is mm -hmm. one. Yeah, and I think it also, well, it draws us into greater worship, right? Yeah. The more we yeah. know him and the more we see him for who he is, how could we not worship him? Right. Right. And so I think that's something that is very practical. How could we not live for him? How could we not obey? You know, the, it's we're all three of us are married. So I feel like the more you know your spouse, the more you like love them, the more mm -hmm. you want to spend time with them, the more you want to deepen that relationship. I think that might be similar to, you know, how the more we learn about God, the more we learn about who he is, his characteristics, his nature, things like this, the more we want to worship, the more we want to obey, the more we want to draw near, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that's a very practical thing. I think also um, it helps us, I think, better understand the gospel. Mm -hmm. um, so if I understand again that God is holy, yeah. it means he's not like me. Right. And so it means, again, when, when I, if Josh sins against, against me, he may find like, or I'm, I may, I may respond in an unholy way. I, my anger is not just right. God's, you know, God's response would be God's anger is just. So it's, he's not going to, you know, while out and just kind of fly off the handle at any little thing. Um, so again, that makes me want to confess because I know, okay, I have a loving father. Mm -hmm. That makes me understand, man, if God is unleashing judgment, it's not just flying off the handle, just, you know, yeah. just blind rage. It's, 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 there's something behind it that is just, that is fair. So I think, again, it just, I don't know if I'm making sense right now. Yeah. I'm just kind of talking. Well, I think also with that, and one thing that I've grown to really appreciate is seeing God's attributes in connection with the certain commands and things that he gives us. Mm -hmm. So um, it's not as if God just uh, always gives us commands or gives us encouragement or gives us restrictions based on us. Like a lot of those are tied to mm -hmm. him he and is. his character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I think of when you said that, I'm thinking of 1 John 1, mm -hmm. 9, and it's really easy to say, um, oh, well, if we confess our sins, he's going to forgive us. And that's what that verse is saying. Mm -hmm. But the verse actually says two very strong things about God. If we confess, he is faithful and just yeah. to yeah. forgive us our sins and yes. cleanse us. And so if we don't, like, we could really... We could miss out on the those crucial bits about who God is yes. and just immediately, because again, it's easy enough for me to think, okay, I just have to confess my sins right. and just move on beyond understanding, whoa, 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 stop. Like, what does it mean that God is faithful? Right. Does it mean that he is just? And that being something that compels me to confess. If my, you know, if I'm just confessing, cause like, okay, I messed up. I got caught. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm never going to move beyond that. I'm never going to grow in sanctification, but the more I understand, yeah, as you're saying who God is, Right. Sorry. And it tells us something cool about God. 
And, and so yeah. it gives us a greater weight there as well. I think Ephesians 1 is very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul's writing to encourage the believers, mm-hmm. and he uses the term in, in like I-N, in Christ or in the beloved, like yeah. a, a bunch of times in that one chapter. And so to encourage them to that they are secure and so that, that security rests in, and you, it's, it's littered throughout the chapter. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, God's providence, his care, his work on their behalf. Mm-hmm. And so and then it it's kind of ramps up there near the end of the chapter that uh, believers are sealed by the guarantee of the Holy Spirit. So God, in all of that, it's revealing something about him that gives hope and security and encouragement. And so I think to miss out on those attributes of God revealed in those passages, we really miss out on the depth of what God is saying um, in those different ways. I think, too, knowing God's attributes better and deeper, like you said, really increases our worship. It also increases our prayer, like not only increases them, but it it adds depth to them. Um, Like when Jesus taught us how to pray, Mm. like hallowed be thy name. So if I'm supposed to hallow thy name, but I don't know what that name means or what comes with it, then then how am I supposed to do that, you know? So it really adds a lot of depth to our prayer life yeah. as well, not only making us depend on Him more and growing our faith so we, in essence, pray more, but then, like, our actual prayers are so much deeper right. as well. And we, even, like, the way we interact with others is going to be so much different when we know more fully about who God is. Um, and when, especially when we see how good God is to us, like that's really going to change how we interact with others. So there are so many practical ways that like just knowing God's attributes affects our lives daily. So definitely don't miss out on these. Right. So let's, I guess, let's just clarify that we can't fully know all of God's attributes. And so even when we say like, uh, let's, let's grow in our understanding of God's attributes, we're not implying saying in any way that we can actually know everything there is to know mm-hmm. about God no. or know them fully. Um, There's but, not a cap. We're just right. growing We're just and seeking. growing That'll and growing. That'll be forever ongoing. Yeah. Um, and that's part of the fun. Yeah. And that's part of the journey. What makes it so cool is like, there's always something more to learn. Yeah. There's always something more to know. And You know, no matter how many books you read, no matter how many times you read the Bible, no matter how many sermons you hear, there's always something more about God. He's right. He's un- it's, 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 there's no cap. He's yeah. unsearchable. His glories are unsearchable. And so we could keep, you know, we could do this very same episode a year from now and have tons of different things sure. to say. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about his holiness. What does it mean that God is holy? Or what does holy mean? Just the word itself. Start. Yeah, go for it. I like well, to define Ryan, what things. What does holy mean? Uh, right, so it's set apart, right? And it's in its most simple form. Uh, God is set apart. Mm-hmm. He is, right? So again, that breaks down to he's morally pure. Right. There's no sin. There's no fault. There's no blemish. And then he is categorically in his own category. Right. Right? There's categorically in his own category. category. You quote me on that. (laughs) Uh, But again, there's nothing we can compare him to. Right. He is creator. Everything else is created. So what can we liken him to? Nothing, right? right? That's what yeah. I think that's Isaiah 40. Ways. To, to whom will you compare me? Right. right? There's no one, there's nothing to compare him to. There's no one like him. This is altogether differentness. Yeah, yeah, altogether differentness. Possessing yeah. utter purity and yeah. character. Like, yeah. he's absolutely pure. He is the complete opposite of yeah. us. Yes. There's a, yeah. a book I've been reading. It's God in the Whirlwind, but it's on God's holiness and his love, those two attributes. And 
in conjunction, but he states it this way, and it's a great, I think, God's holiness is everything that sets him apart from the sinful creation, and it is everything that elevates him above it in moral splendor. Hmm. Um, but it's altogether differentness. Yeah. Um, there is no other attribute of God's that is joined to his name with greater frequency in Scripture than his holiness. Yeah. I was like, that's really cool. Like, it is very repetitive throughout all Scripture. God is holy. He's the holy one. Yeah. Like, And it's the lens by which we yeah. see all these other attributes, mm-hmm. right? His love is holy. Again, it's set apart. It's different from ours. Mm-hmm. It's unconditional. Is How God's God... love unconditional? Is it not, it's not based on any condition? I feel like, okay, this is so wild. Like, well, love is, my love might be the next one. So let's wait. Okay, okay, okay. What are some examples of God's holiness that we see or read in Scripture? And what are some of the human responses? I think off the top of the dome, like creation, right? That's where we see God's. I, I think the first ex- example experience of his holiness is he is the creator, right? That mm-hmm. sets him apart again from everything. Everything is created. Mm-hmm. Me, you, the trees, the birds, right? right? Atoms, molecules, music, laughter, joy. You know, all these things are created from God. They come from him. Mm. And so, you know, Psalm 19, one, the heavens declare the glory of God, like creation points and shouts like God is different. He's awesome. He's amazing. He's not right. like us. And it, it worships him because it recognizes how outstanding mm-hmm. he is, how unlike us he is and how worthy he is of our uh, yeah. praise. I think so. It's really cool. Kind of what you're talking about with that human response and what that looks like in scripture. So I know in Isaiah 6, 3 is yeah. one of those that just. I feel like it's really, really cool, but it's just that his holiness is so blinding, you know, that um, throughout scripture, like people can't come, just normal everyday folk can't come and look at him or be in his presence without some crazy, like if, if they did come into his presence, like in the, um, in the temple or whatever, you know, it was a certain person that had to come. Yeah, certain and process, certain process yeah. of sacrifices to atone for sin. Yeah. Um, that those had to be done first. But even like in Isaiah six three, where the seraphim, the these angelic beings that are sinless, right, mm-hmm. and they are in His presence, they still don't want to look at Him, like. Yeah. Because and they're his, constantly declaring his holiness, and constantly declaring his holiness, not just saying you know holy, but he's, they're saying holy, 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 which is really cool. I also learned that that's the only attribute that is declared three times in all of Scripture. That so, emphasis, yeah. with that emphasis, like a lot of times, you know, Jesus would say truly, truly, and have that double emphasis, like truly, truly, I say to you. But this is the only time mm-hmm. where it's like that thrice, and. His holiness is just like extreme emphasis on his holiness, which I think is super cool. But so, yeah, they cover their face and their feet as they fly around. His response. That's where I was going. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, woe is me. (laughs) I am lost. (laughs) I'm screwed. I I, I think of Moses and whenever God says, I'm coming to the mountain, Mm -hmm. tell all the people to consecrate themselves and I'm coming in three days. And they, they need to gather at the base of the mountain, but don't even touch, don't yeah. touch the, mountain. the mountain. And I'm yeah. thinking, you know, I'm from South Carolina, and, the, and the, you go, <laughs> like, to drive here to the mountains, you don't really know where the base of the mountain is. Mm. Right. You're, you're kind of like it. in this, I don't know, labyrinth of, I don't know, labyrinth or whatever. You, you're like in this, you can't really tell. Yeah. And now maybe the landscape there is very different, but I'm like, 
I would be so far away from that. I think. The funny thing about that passage to me is like, God's like, hey, tell him don't touch it. And then it's like earthquaking and thundering and shaking and like on fire. Yeah. It's like, who, like they're afraid. So it's like, no duh. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm I know God is God. It's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not touching it. Not yeah. like, like Nemo. I'm going to touch the bug. Yeah. Like. yeah. They build an idol. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're not going to touch it. Yeah. But we're going to, we're going to sin in the most extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to compare God to a cow. I mean, even Isaiah 6, like the foundations of the threshold of the temple, like shake just at his voice, you know, like it's just showing the complete other thanness of his entire being. It's so cool. Um, And again, I feel like so incompatible to or so in unable to even talk about this subject, but it's cool that we get to. So. I love that. And the cool thing is another thing that God can never not be holy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I know like this seems like a duh kind of thing to say, but if he were ever not holy, then he would cease to be God, right? right? Yeah. He owns holiness. Like Yeah. <laughs> and that's again something that compels us to like draw near in prayer, draw near in worship right. is like God is the only person, the only being we know for sure will never lie to us will never like stab us, you know, never betray us, never hurt us, never seek to harm us. He's the only being who has like a perfect track record. And that track record is never going to change. And that's what his holiness means. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's like, again, like I'm, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fall short. I'm going to do my best not to, but I am right as a husband, as a leader. Uh, But God is not right. And so we trust God. I'm going to lie to myself. I'm going to fall short. Right. And so it's like one of those things where it's like, why would I even trust myself? Like I need to nap. I need to rest. I need to sleep. God doesn't. God doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. (laughs) God doesn't eat. Like he's again, so different from us where it's like, he doesn't, he doesn't need a meal. He doesn't run out of energy. He does like, so it's again, one of those things where it's like, just it should blow us away how completely different he is than us. And I Mm -hmm. think sometimes when we can like, it's helpful to look at ourselves and see our own limits, our own faults, and then just kind of say, okay, God is the complete opposite of that. Right. And again, that's what compels us and draws us into deeper worship and deeper like prayer, deeper fellowship. And again, to even just read the Bible. Cause I mean, I want to know who this God is. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that the Holy God of the universe wrote a book to express himself, that we would know him in his yeah. word. Like unfathomable. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Insane. So you mentioned that, um, holiness is a communicable attribute that we can share in yes. or that he shares with him, his creation. Yes. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about what it, how do we, like what does it mean that those justified in Christ actually share in or possess holiness or declare to be holy? What is I mean, holiness lies at the very center of the gospel, Right. So that's what Jesus came to conquer for us Hmm. when he came to sacrifice himself. He came so that we could be holy, right? Hmm. That's what his justification does. It covers us in his holiness, his righteousness, and therefore we are holy. That's that. Should we stop for a second? There's a Clemson party going on. I mean, I don't I don't think it's going to stop. Okay. so I don't know what else. Power through. You're all on right, a roll. Just right, talk, just talk right, louder. Cool. Let's overcome it. Yeah. All right. Where was I at? Overcome their okay. idolatry with the truth of the gospel. 
So we're covered in Christ's righteousness, and that's what makes us holy. Yes. Um, so, so I, I mean, we aren't, we aren't merely saved from our depravity, right? We aren't just saved from that. We are saved for, to holiness yeah, and yeah. for holiness and for God's yeah. glory. And we're becoming in that. holier. And we are becoming we're holier. being sanctified and becoming. And that's, again, like, that's not just a New Testament reality. That's a, God from the beginning was like, hey, you guys are man was created and set apart from the rest of creation, right? And then we exchanged that, we sinned, broke that image, and then God, you know, chose his people, Israel, set them apart from all the other nations of the world, gave him, gave them his commands, right? Yeah. That they would know him, that they would even he would even dwell in their midst, right? And that's the, again, like just the, these people were different. Like every other God, like well, one, they're idols. They're fake. You know what I mean? They, the Bible talks about how, you know, um, they, you cut a tree down and you carve an idol out of half of it and the other half you burn. He's, he's like, you know, how do you know you burn the right half? And how do you, and it's just this reality of like God, the one true God chose his people to dwell with. He gave yeah. them his commands that they would know yeah. him. And then we, again, we see their failure, but we see Jesus ultimately fulfilling every one of those laws, being morally perfect, being morally pure, like dying and being that perfect sacrifice for us. And then now not just Israel, but all humanity yeah. could know him, be his people, bear his image, reflect his glory and be the set apart people. And so, again, for us as Christians, we're called to be set apart. We're called to be different from the rest of the world. We're not supposed to blend in. We're not supposed to, you know, be these chameleons. We're supposed to shine. We're so, right? right. Let your that's the Matthew five sixteen idea. Of like you know, let your good works shine that people may see them and glorify your Father in heaven. So we're supposed to stand out. We're supposed to be different from the world. Yeah. We're not supposed to be like them. Yeah. So humans, by repenting and trusting in Christ, we are declared to be holy. And the word holy, sanctified, justify, save. All of those in scriptures have past tense, present tense, and future tense mm -hmm. verbs. Um, so I think it's important to know this is all a very good picture of the already not yet. Mm -hmm. that, and we've talked about before that, yes, we are declared to be holy, and yet we're not completely mm -hmm. holy yet. And that's that road of sanctification mm -hmm. uh, you were talking about. That positional and practical yeah. holiness. So yeah. we are positionally holy, and yet practically we are striving to become holy. Yeah, I mean, Peter writes this, and again, it's just like we said right at the beginning, though. Peter says, um, be holy, but it's based on what? God's holiness. God's holiness, mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, it's not just that we're told to be holy. It's based on his God's attributes. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think those are the things that are always kind of reinforcing and, and, and causing our understanding to grow deeper, therefore impact our lives more, generate more worship. Um, I mean, we see where Christ's sacrifice completes this holiness once and for all for us in Hebrews 10, 10, where it says we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So we have such comfort mm -hmm. and such peace in knowing that I am positionally right and positionally holy before God at this very moment. What? Like that makes zero <laughs> sense. Like I've sinned how many times today? And yet it's Christ's work that does it. So it gives me such a it's, it's a holy God that did it, right? Mm -hmm. So that is completely trustworthy and completely yeah. faithful. And Yeah, it's crazy to think about, like, God's so holy that, like, our filth doesn't taint his holiness. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it, like, the light shines in the darkness and obliterates the darkness, right? Like, 
I remember it, shout out D now, but uh, what's my guy, Grayson, whatever his last name, Hill? I think it? so. But he, he, you know, Jesus is the light. And he talked about, you know, when you flip a switch, the light comes on. There's no battle. There's no fight. The light right. wins. It, right? It's just right. instant domination. Hmm. And like, that's God's holiness that when he comes and he, you know, changes people. It's Again, we are still growing yeah. in sanctification, but like the light overcomes the darkness, right? John yeah. talks about that. Yeah. The, the, light is, the light is coming to the world and the darkness is not overcome. I think that's John 1. And so this reality of like, man, like. Our, even in our filth and our wickedness, it does not taint or diminish God's holiness. When Jesus came to this earth and walked and lived among yeah. us, like, you know, the Pharisees were blown away because they were like, you can't do these things because if you did, you know, you would lose your holiness. You would use, yeah. lose your moral purity and you would lose, you know, but Jesus being God and being holy, like, could hang out with sinners and tax collectors would do him. these things and it would not and touch lepers yeah. and heal lepers. Mm -hmm. And that does not blemish or ruin his holiness. Yeah. And that's just wild. Yeah. I, I think in a lot of ways, depending on how we view salvation or what is overarching weight of understanding, it affects a number of things. But for example, if we, if our overarching view of salvation is, well, I'm saved from hell and I get heaven. Um, not not wrong, not a lie, mm -hmm. but not very mm -hmm. not complete. Deep. Right. Yeah, yeah, not complete. Um, for me, I think the the best way that I see to understand the overarching view of salvation is union with Christ. And mm -hmm. this ties right in with holiness because if I'm unified with Christ, then I am unified in him and he is unified in me. I am unified in this uh, holy God man. Mm -hmm. And therefore I am declared holy. Yeah. You know and to go mm -hmm. into your point, um, yes, it is a crazy, mind-blowing thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and that goes right into generating that worship of, you know, how, how is it that I could be unified to God, you know, and mm -hmm. be declared holy and right with this God that, that is completely separate yeah. right. from the filth that I am. But. And I mean, obviously, like, that becoming holy is the work of the... Holy Spirit, hey. right? Right? So <laughs> he's the one that brings holiness where there is no holiness, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So the cool thing is that, you know, Jesus' work is the one who makes us positionally holy, and the Holy Spirit is the one who makes us practically holy. So when we think about it, as much as I strive for any of it, it's ultimately them that's doing it, him mm -hmm. that's doing it, you know? So I can give all glory. And truly, like, not be able to rely on myself for any of that. So although I am responsible for pursuing it, I then still have to give credit to the Holy Spirit for doing it. So it's so wild. He's, yeah. he's the means by which I get to participate in this holiness. Yeah. Like, he's the means by which I have this desire to pursue this. So, and Jerry Bridges had a quote which says, True salvation brings with it a desire to be made holy. Hmm. So not only... Do, are we commanded in Scripture and asked in Scripture to pursue holiness once we are made holy through Christ's work? But the Holy Spirit will also give us a desire for it. Yeah. And I think this ties in really well with having just talked about um, gray areas and Christian liberties. Right. And, you know, <laughs> we asked the question a lot in those episodes of, like, how well, far is, is this too sin? Far? <laughs> is this sin? Is yeah. this sin? And, and those are, I think, okay questions. But I think, you know, you kind of get at the heart of it. And the question is, but do I really want to, yeah, it's, like, always try to flirt with the line 
of what is sin? Yeah. Is that the motive of my heart? Yeah. And it's not wrong to ask that question. Mm-hmm. I think, but I think it does reveal. Again, I, I mean, I minister to teens, but it, it reveals kind of what your ultimate desire is. Is yeah. your desire okay? How close? Yeah. What? How much can I gratify and satisfy my own desires yeah. without falling out of bounds? Is that your desire? Is your desire, man? I want to live for God because mm-hmm. I think again, hidden in those questions is what can I do and still be okay. Right. Like mm-hmm. how much can I get away with and God not be? And mad? that's not really commitment. Yeah, that's not really. It's no. we're yeah. looking for loopholes yeah. mm-hmm. versus again that idea of like, man, I again recognizing who God is, what I've been saved from, what I've been called to, and just wanting to live for that. And again, I know I still struggle with that. I think sure. all of us still do. But we know you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, because we know. We I, yeah. I thought everybody thought I was holy and perfect, but I guess not. Just your uh, wife. I'm going to move to a new town and find people who think I'm perfect. But yeah, I think, again, like, it, uh, is my desire, okay, how much can I get away with and still be good with God? Or is my desire to love God? I think that Jerry Bridges' quote you read reveals a lot mm-hmm. where it's like, man, yeah, if my desire is ultimately I just want to do what I want and I want to, you know, see how how much I can get away with and God still be cool with, then that really reveals a lot about where we are and, you mm-hmm. know, do we know the Lord? Do we really yeah. love, you know, those, it, yeah, it's a hard question, a hard stuff to process and deal with. And even like those warnings in scripture that we kind of discussed last week, warnings or laws or encouragements with some of these gray areas, or even just some that are blatant on not gray areas, all of those are meant for the same purpose, right? For us to become holy. Like that is the overarching purpose. The goal goal of scripture um, is to reveal that God is holy. And so we should become holy just as he is holy. As his people were meant to be holy. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think so it's, even when, when Paul writes that God is working all, th- all things together for my good, mm-hmm. the, the, the misinterpretation of that is, which we'll probably do a podcast on some of those passages, but is not that things are going to turn out good in my eyes the way right. I think they should turn out in this world, but it is for my sanctification, for my holiness, yeah. because that's my ultimate good. Yes. So when mm-hmm. Paul says all things work together for the good of those who love him, it's that we would become holier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's in there, those who love him. Yeah. Right. right. You know, like, do you actually love God or do you <laughs> love this idea of God or love what God can do for you? Yeah. And he's omniscient, right? All knowing. So his, yeah. his omniscience, his omniscience is holy. So even mm-hmm. like when we say good, what that means to us versus what that means to him yeah. is just like completely different, different because he is all knowing. Yeah. So he knows what good truly is. Right. Mm-hmm. So for us to say, or to read that verse, it's like, you know, good to me. So I'm going to be wealthy and healthy, but that's not truly what it's talking about. I think one of the things in particular with holiness that when it's neglected and I don't, I mean, whenever we don't even see it or pursue it or understand it, God's holiness in scripture, then um, our own self starts to really increase our view of Mm -hmm. our own righteousness increases Mm -hmm. uh, viewing God and his holiness more and seeing it more and understanding it more um, opens our eyes to our wretchedness Mm -hmm. more and more and which is going to turn our eyes to Christ uh, more and more. We're kind of touching on some of these things, but I guess just like practically, what does it look like or what does it mean to grow in holiness as a believer? Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I guess we've kind of hit on some of those, but right. I mean, I think primarily seeing the things of God that he is calling us to follow him and, and become like him and striving towards those things. Yeah. I mean, killing your sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, God is holy, so he is pure. He's without yeah. sin. And then again, part of us being, becoming like God is like, we can't be like him if we're, you know, entangled in sin and enslaved in sin. And yeah. so it's like, man, we got to put sin to death, right? That's the, uh, you know, Colossians 3, right? Putting off mm. sin and putting on this holiness, putting on like this new garment that Christ has given us. So we got to put sin to death. Um, and also, again, we also have to likewise put on righteousness. We have mm-hmm. to put on love. We have to put on forgiveness, forbearance, and all these other things. So it's not just, again, we're putting off these sins, but we're putting on right. something different, something right. else. I think it's a full process of just like learning to mm-hmm. learning how to think like we're supposed to learning how to act like we're supposed to. Um, and just, it's, it's a full process of learning and acclimating. Like it's, <laughs> it's a lifelong thing. So for us to not beat ourselves up when we, when we do yeah. fall short, because we will mm-hmm. very often, but it's, a, it's an acclimating to behaving and thinking like children of God rather than children of wrath, right? I think it's a lot of prayer to um, really ask God, the Holy Spirit, yeah. to produce that mm-hmm. desire in mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's wrap this up. I know that there's insanely more that can be said. I would just encourage us, obviously, and everyone else to look into the holiness of God, mm-hmm. see the things within ourselves that are actually in contrast to that, and then repent of those things, turn mm-hmm. to Christ, and pray that God would uh, mold us and shape us into his image. What yeah. are some books that y'all would throw out that would be good references specifically about God's holiness? Glad you asked. Uh, Holier Than Thou by Jackie Hill Perry. It's my personal yeah. favorite book on holiness. It's it For me, it led me, again, to want to know and trust and love God more. Um, and then also I would highly recommend the uh, uh, the Holiness of God by R.C. Sproul, yeah. another fantastic mm-hmm. book. Shout out R.C. Sproul, R.I.P. to the legend. Um, those are great. Uh, if you're smart, smarter than me, you could read Holiness by J.C. Ryle. Uh, that book oh. is a pill. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot out there, dude. There's so much. I really like Hole in Our Holiness by Kevin DeYoung. Yeah. It's really, really good. And then I just recently started, it has a chapter about holiness. It's going through God's attributes but it's by Jen Wilkin called In His Image. So those are ones that we share in. And she has another one of a book that we, of the attributes that we don't share in, which is really good as well. But God in the whirlwind deals with his love and his holiness. And it deals with our issues amongst our culture with those two things. Um, but it's a good read too. Ultimately, scripture. Yep. I mean, <laughs> I should have started with that. Well, but. I think we were assuming it's extra, extra biblical. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like we've, yeah. we've talked a lot about scripture. So. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> if you want something else, then <laughs> just kidding. Scripture, obviously, yeah. 10 out of 10 with God's holiness. It's all throughout it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, great. Thank you all very much. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or whatever, send them to Theodox Podcast, Podcast at Gmail. Um, Or you can comment on our social media pages. Thank you very much. Or just run up at Josh at church and just tell him what you think. You can do that. Yeah. Good or bad. Just tell him. Or Gracie. If you go to Northside, run up on Gracie. Come on. Yeah. Say what you think. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah. You see that at Walmart. Oh, bye. Love you guys. (laughs)
I saw the time rolling, so I'm like, okay. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. Love say you guys. I saw the time rolling, so I'm like, okay. Thank you guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm sorry I had to dip. No, that's you guys right. are the coolest. This uh this event kind of made it a good thing to just go ahead and get done I, to. I kinda like having to rush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Part of me was like, okay, we just kinda kinda push that thing, just like move on. But yeah. I don't know. So it just depends on the time. Hopefully. I feel like there are a ton of things that could be said, but Hopefully can't say it all. Good yep. Stuff. Thanks, Ryan. That might be our shortest one yet. There is nothing here. So. Well, we only need two shots, anyways. What the heck, man? What did I do? I didn't push the button, apparently. Here, before we uh, pack all this up, 